Happy New Year. Happy 2016. Can you believe it? 2015 is past. It's all history. So, turn to the person next to you and say, It's 2016. Happy New Year. <clears throat> and turn to the other person on the other side of you, or behind you, or in front of you, and say, It's 2016. Happy New Year. Are you happy? Amen. Well, I'm going to bring it down now. Listen to this. Listen to what Mike Rothschild posted on the website called Step Skeptoid on September 1, 2015. Let me repeat that again. It was posted on September 1, 2015, and this is what he wrote. And I quote, he said, biblical, biblical prophecy watchers, apocalypse predictors, rapture preachers, and doomsday preppers are buzzing about an upcoming day that might finally usher in the end of the world as we know it. September 23rd, 2015. This is supposedly the day that a confluence of events both political and scientific, is going to herald the destruction of humanity. It's clear that in prophecy circles, this is a big deal. A search for September 23, 2015 apocalypse brings up 11 million hits. References to the events of September 2015 are all over major conspiracy websites, talking about everything from rapture, to asteroids, to aliens, to biblical blood moons. Do you guys remember that in September? YouTube is brimming with videos showing the signs of what's about to happen. Even Sir Isaac Newton is said to have prophesied the end of the world for this date, September 23rd, 2015. That's the end of the quote. So the end of the world was supposed to have happened on September 23. 2015. But I've got news for you. Guess what today is? Today is January 10th, 2016. And we're still here. Congratulate yourselves. You're still here. All right. Amazing, huh? Well, you know, throughout all the ages, many people have tried to predict the end of the world. And many have tried to predict when Jesus Christ will return. Now, we believe that Jesus will return someday, but we really don't know when he'll return. In fact, we really don't even know when we'll take our last breath. But what if you didn't know? What if you knew that Christ would come back in 2016? Would you live your life differently? Would people notice a change? Would you worry more? Would you sleep better? Would you see sunsets differently? Well, the bottom line is, we don't know when Christ will come back. And we don't know when we will take our last breath. So, as we stand at the threshold of a brand new year, what are we living for? 
It's a question we need to ask ourselves. What are we living for? How can we make the most of the next 365, or really 355 days? You know, there's a passage of Scripture, and I want you to turn to it if you have your Bibles. It's in the New Testament. It's in the book of James. And I believe that we can, it can help us to look forward to this coming year. James chapter 4 Verses 13 through 15. It's just three simple verses. And if you don't have your Bible, we'll have it up here on the screen. And hopefully it tells us and gives us some hints and what we should be doing in 2016. So this is what, this is what the, uh, James writes. And he says this, and he's pretty direct. Starting with verse 13. He says, pay attention to this. Pay attention to this. You're saying today or tomorrow we will go into some city, stay there a year, conduct business, and make money. You don't know what will happen tomorrow. What is life? You are a mist that is seen for a moment and then disappears. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and carry out our plans. You see, James gets right to the point, doesn't he? And if we look at this chapter, this, these three verses closely, I see three lessons for us. And, and I want to just leave with you this morning just three simple words, and hopefully you can remember them. And they're all verbs, so they're action words, something that we need to do. And they're worth remembering as we begin, as we embark on the year 2016. So this is the first word. And to make it simple for you, all the words begin with the same letter, and it's the letter S. And so the first word today is surrender. Surrender. Can you turn to the person next to you and say surrender? How about to the other person? Say surrender. You're saying, well, that's strange. Why would I start out at the beginning of the year giving up and surrendering? But we just sang that song, I give myself away. Use me, Lord. Surrender your plans for 2016 to God. You know, the great theologian of the 20th century, his name was Woody Allen. Somebody, any of you heard of him? This is what he said. This is his quote. He said, if you want to make God laugh, tell him about your plans. You see, James addresses this passage to people who seem to be doing just that. They're telling God their business plan was pretty good. They had everything figured out. They would choose when they would leave, where they would go, how long they would stay, what business would be conducted, and even how much profit and how much money they would earn. But James's reply to them is simple. And this is what he says in verse 14. He says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? He kind of puts those people in their place. You're making all these great plans of all the things you're going to do. And we talk about that, don't we? We make goals. We make resolutions. We make plans. And it's great and grand and wonderful things that we're going to do. And yet James tells us here, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Let me tell you a story. It was a new story about a French attorney named André-Francois Raffray. And about 50 years ago, at the age of 47, he worked out a real estate deal with 
Jean Calment, who was at the time 90 years old. And this was the deal. He would pay her $500 each month until her death. Now, she was 90 years old. In order to secure ownership of her apartment in France. So this might seem strange to Americans, but this is actually a common practice in France. And it benefits both the buyer and the retiree who's on a fixed income. It's kind of like an annuity that we have here. But unfortunately for Mr. Refray, Jean Calment lived to become the world's oldest living person. It's a true story. She lived to be 122 years old, outliving Mr. Refray, who died at the age of 77. And the story goes, it says he paid $184,000, that's more than twice the value, for an apartment that he never got to live in. And according to the contract, Mr. Refray's survivors had to continue the payments until Mrs. Calment died. You see, Mr. Refray thought he was looking to the future and making a shrewd investment. But as it turned out, he had no idea what tomorrow would bring. And neither do you. And neither do I. Does this mean we shouldn't ever make any plans to just kind of live by the seat of our pants? No, of course not. That would be irresponsible. But it does mean that we must surrender our plans, surrender our lives to God's purposes. In Psalm 139, David writes, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. You see, God has his own plans. He's mapped out our entire life, even before we were born. He's the boss. He calls the shots. And he has the authority. And what he says goes. In other words, God is in control of everything. And his invisible hand and his fingerprints are all over our lives. And so if you want 2016 to be a success then be prepared to surrender your plans to God's purposes. So that's the first word this morning, surrender. Now the second word begins with S as well. And the second word is savor. That's S-A-V-O-R. Turn to someone next to you and say, savor. Now turn to the other person next to you, and before you do that, look at that piece of steak and say, savor. There you go. What does savor mean? It means to enjoy something with unhurried appreciation, to savor the moment, to relish something, to enjoy the taste and the smell of that gorgeous-looking steak up there, right off the grill. It looks so good. It smells so good. Are you beginning to salivate, Daniel? <clears throat> All right. Now, those of you who don't eat meat, you can look at this and savor this. <laughs> tofu, yes. You know, I, I love tofu, actually. 
I eat tofu with my steak. It's great. It's great. But savor. Let's go back to the steak. It looks more appetizing. But savor. That's the second word today. Savor each moment in 2016. Savor each moment in 2016. You know, you know, each moment is fleeting. We used to live in Colorado before we moved here to Hawaii, and they have beautiful winters in Colorado. <clears throat> and uh, when I would go outside in the winter, if my wife didn't want to go outside, I would go outside and shovel the snow from the driveway. But I would take a deep breath and just... <sighs> and steam would come out of my mouth and a mist and kind of, kind of like a vapor and you could, you could see your breath and if any of you were watching the game this morning that's being played right now in Minnesota Seattle versus Minnesota it's about negative 3 degrees below 0 in Minnesota and I'm sure everybody can see the players breath out there as they're huffing and puffing but our breath is like a vapor it's like a mist it's visible for a little while And then it just sort of dissipates and it disappears into the air. And according to James, that's our life. James 4.14. James says, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You see, and James isn't the only one in the Bible to mention how quickly life goes by. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 39... He said, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. I think about that. We talked about Colorado. Uh, My daughter, Gabby, she just turned 13 a few weeks ago, and she's a teenager now. But I still remember like it was just yesterday that we brought her home from the hospital. And our son, Micaiah, He was in the third grade when we moved to Hawaii from Colorado about 10 years ago. And he'll be graduating from high school this year and then heading off to college in just a few short months. Time is fleeting and all of you can identify with that. But this life of ours, this life of ours here on earth is just a vapor. It's just a mist. Time goes by so quickly And the best thing we can do is to savor each moment, to relish each day, to value the time at hand. And it was Benjamin Franklin who said this. He said, do you love life? Then do not squander time, for time is the stuff that life is made of. And the Apostle Paul put it this way in Ephesians chapter 5. He said, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So make the most of every opportunity. Don't squander time. Number your days. Savor each moment. Some of you may recall a few years ago that there was talk about a a new type of clock that keeps track of how much time you have left to live. It's kind of sobering. But it calculates the average lifespan depending on a few qualities, like your gender, your current health, and your lifestyle. And so you program your your age and your height and your weight and a few other bits of information into this clock. And and then it tells you how much time you have left. 
So I looked up the website last night, and I, and I tried it, and I plugged in my numbers. And so as of today, I have, according to this clock, about 9,338 days left to live. Wow. That's certainly one way to number your days, isn't it? But the truth is, the truth is, and I think we all know this truth, that I don't have a guarantee on any of those days. And neither do any of you as well. We don't even have a guarantee on all of 2016. All we have for sure is today. All we have for sure is this moment. So let's make the most of today. Let's savor each moment. So number one, surrender your plans to God. Number two, savor each moment. And the third lesson I find in James chapter 4, and I leave this with you this morning, it's the third S word, and that word is seek. Seek, S-E-E-K. So turn to those next to you and say, seek. Turn the other way and say, seek. And what do we need to seek? We need to seek God's heart. We need to seek God's will for our lives. We need to seek God's plan for ourselves in 2016. James tells us in verse 15, he says, what you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. And the Apostle Paul also says it too. He says, don't don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So you're probably wondering, well, how do I know what the Lord wants me to do in 2016? Well, allow me to, if you will. Let me make a few simple suggestions that will help guide you through the year. And these are not rocket science suggestions. These are not new. I see these as more as reminders. And we need to be reminded because we are a forgetful people. The first suggestion to seeking is that we need to search. We need to search God's word. We need to search his word. You know, there are certain things that God wants all of us to do this year. And all of these things can be found in the Word of God. You see, reading the Bible, reading the Bible is all about understanding what the Lord wants you to do, who He wants you to be, and how He wants you to live. It's also about knowing and experiencing God in ever-deepening ways. The Bible. We all have a Bible. We all have access. Probably most of us have more than one or two or three Bibles sitting in our homes. We have Bibles on our smartphones and on our tablets and and on the internet. So it's not like we don't have access to Bibles. It was President Ronald Reagan, former President of the United States, who said this. He said, within the covers of the Bible are the answers for all the problems we face. And you know what? He was right. And not only will we find the answers we need, but we'll become better people In the process, as we're reading the Bible, as we're studying the Word of God, as we are applying those truths and those principles to our lives. You see, the Bible makes the best husbands. The Bible makes the best wives. 
The Bible makes the best moms and the best dads. The Bible makes the best employers. The Bible makes the best citizens. The Bible makes the best people in the world. You know, while the Apostle Paul was traveling on his missionary journeys, he came to the city of Berea. And the Bible says that the Berean Jews, this is what it says, were of more noble character. They were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, another city. And why is that? Well, it says in Acts 17.11, these Berean Jews, they were more noble in character because they received the message with great eagerness, the message of Paul, and examined the Scriptures every day. They examined the Scriptures every day to see if, it, what, to see if what Paul said was true. They spent time in the Word. They examined it. They applied it to their lives. They lived and breathed the Word of God. So if you want to know what God's plans are for you in 2016, start by examining the Scriptures every day. Read the Bible. We have our Bible reading plan. We read one chapter a day. We try to do that as a church. We offer many Bible studies and small groups throughout the week. There are so many resources on the Internet and so many other Christian sites. There really is no excuse. No excuse. We need to be examining the Word of God, and searching God's Word each and every day. So search God's Word. What else do we need to do as we seek? Well, we need to seek God's will in prayer. Again, not rocket science. Read the Word of God. Spend time in prayer. You see, many of the decisions we face in 2016 will be answered by simply applying the morals and the principles found in the Word of God. However, There are times when we need a slightly more personal answer. And they were saying in James, should we go to such and such a city, stay there a year, do business, make a profit? You're not likely to find an answer by flipping through the Old Testament to questions like that. Instead, we have to seek God in prayer. And so, when the questions come up in our lives, when it's time to make decisions, we bring it to the Lord in prayer. Should we expand our business this year? Should we try to have another baby this year? Does God want me to change careers? Which college should I attend? Is this the person God wants me to marry? Or is there someone else out there? You see, our questions are as numerous as the sand on the beach. And the Bible tells us, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. And I believe that if we bring all of our questions to God before making any life-changing decisions, that he will make the answers known for us. So search the scriptures. Spend time in his word. Seek God in prayer. And then the last suggestion I leave with you as we seek God is to focus on what really matters the most. 
focus on what really matters the most. And Jesus tells us what matters the most. According to Jesus, the most important commandment that God ever gave is this, and it's found in Mark chapter 12. It's found in other parts of both the Old and the New Testament. And this is the most important commandment, and this is what we should be focusing on. And this is it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. So no matter what else is going on in our lives, this has got to be what our life is all about. We need to make it a priority. Not just say it, not just becoming a cliche, but to really make sure that we're loving God with our entire being. And of course, Jesus tells us what what the second most important commandment is, and this is it. He says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. You know, when you get to the end of 2016, or when you get to the end of your life, for that matter, you won't be thinking, oh, I wished I would have spent more time at this party, or I wish I would have bought that new car, or that new phone, or I should have worked longer hours, or I wish I had spent more time on Facebook. No, what really matters, what really matters, and all that really matters, is who you love and who loves you back. I'm going to ask Freddie to come up as we draw to a close this morning. And thank you for being so patient this morning. You know, what I've said, it's nothing new. But as I said before, we just need to be reminded. And so as we begin this new year, 2016, I hope you remember these three simple words. Don't you, and not, you just don't remember the words, but they're action words, they're verbs. I pray that you would take this as a challenge, that you would put into practice, that you would apply these truths to your life, that you would surrender, that you would savor, that you would seek. You see, those three verbs describes our lessons this morning for the new year. Surrender your life to God. Surrender your plans to God. That's the first thing. If you haven't already done that, do so today before this day ends. Surrender your plans to God because you never know what tomorrow will bring. And savor each moment. Savor each precious moment because your life is just a mist that's here for a little while then it vanishes away and lastly seek God's heart seek his heart and his will for your life through reading and studying and meditating on his word through praying about everything and making God's priorities your priorities